our duty to shine the light of truth, to bring justice to the restless souls whose lives were lost to their hands. Rise up against the evildoers of this world so that their souls may have peace. We will not surrender. We will fight. We will stand for what is right because we are the Justice Warriors. Hello, Justice Warriors. This is Heather Cohen. And I'm Tracy Ellis. And we're bringing you this bonus episode tonight in hopes that you can help us find a missing man. So his name is Mark Randall Fullerton. He's 35 years old, and he was last seen on June 3rd in Braggadocia, Missouri, which is Pemiscott County. Fullerton was last seen wearing black shorts with no shirt. He is 5'11 and about 150 pounds with brown hair and blue eyes. He has a full-length skull tattoo on both arms, and he recently had all of his teeth pulled. Now, joining us tonight is Mark's Aunt Jana. Thank you so much for joining us tonight to help us to find your missing nephew. Miss Janet, can you tell us a little bit about the circumstances surrounding Mark's disappearance? Sure. Mark was living with his girlfriend, Ashley Nicole Steele, or whatever she wants to go by, Ashley Nicole Palmer. Um, and they had only been together for like four weeks. Two weeks into their relationship, he moved in with her. And um, there's there was a lot of um, trouble going on in the relationship because she was having different guys over while he was working. But as this relationship progressed, um, he realized that there was more drug use going on than he anticipated. So as this went on, he proceeded to start talking to our cousin and tell her that he was going to get out of this relationship and began to talk to his ex-girlfriend that he was with for several years about the same issue. So come June 3rd, he, um, well, actually June 2nd was the last day he talked to his mother. And June 3rd is when he supposedly just vanished in thin air. His girlfriend reported it, that she was in the bathroom throwing up sick. Supposedly, they were both sick. Um, He did just have some dental work done. He was having some trouble with his teeth and abscessed. And his idea of taking care of that was having his teeth pulled, which wasn't the brightest idea, but that's what he chose to do. Um, And supposedly, they were both really sick. And she went to the bathroom to throw up and she came out and he was gone. And so when I asked her where he went, she said she thought he just walked to his grandpa's house. His grandpa lives about five miles away on a gravel road. They live in the country. Um, She lives kind of out in a field, like a cornfield. Um, and her driveway is about a quarter of a mile of gravel road. So she says he left barefooted, no shirt, with his truck in the driveway, wallet, keys, phone, everything was sitting on the bar. But she... Okay. Do we know if anybody else was there at the house, like... No, she around the same time. She says no one was at the house. I asked her, did you hear anybody pull up? Because where she lives, you would hear someone pull up. Um, because like I said, it's like a gravel road, you know, it's it makes a lot of noise. 
Um, she said she did not hear the door open. She didn't hear it closed. She did not see him walk by the bathroom. The bathroom is right beside the bedroom. It's a really, really small house. And she heard nothing. She reported it on the 4th, but she said he went missing on June 3rd, two hours before dark, was her statement. And so, so it was about, you say, um, about 36 hours that had passed between the time that he went missing and the time that she thought to call and report him missing. Okay. What do we know about some of these guys or some of these people that she was having over when he was not at home, when he was at work or whatever? These guys, um, they have a past history of drug use. Um, They have a past history with being in trouble with the law. Um, Several of them have been in jail many, many times um, over and over. So they don't have a great past history. Okay. So we're dealing with some pretty unsavory characters here. Um, Looks, it sounds like it's a a pretty rough crowd. Um, And, you know, I mean, where there's drugs, you know, there's typically a lot of crime that goes along with that. And, you know, there's a question of, okay, are we dealing with, just druggies or are we dealing with drug dealers as well? Are we dealing with gang members? Um, I don't believe that they're gang members per se. Um, They definitely have their fair share of drug use. Yes. But as far as to go far as to say they're gang members, no. Who worked in the household? Um, My nephew worked. He had a job, but his girlfriend Ashley did not. I don't think she's worked for many, many, many years. Um, She claims, she claims to have back problems and that she can't get around very well. He worked, he worked at a hotel. He was a front desk clerk. With this situation, a lot of times there's a theft, a type of theft ring. Um, maybe not a big organized ring, but at least a small one where things are sold on the internet, um, but there has to be some way to get money to get the drugs. So that's what my, um, that's kind of where I am. Is she on any type of? My nephew did tell his ex-girlfriend that she did draw a disability check. Okay. All right. Do you know if there were any like, um, accounts on Facebook or something like that to, or they have garage sales or anything on a, on um, social media garage sales, anything similar. Or even, or even pawn stores. Did he have anything that was like worth any amount of money that anybody could be trying to like pawn right now? Honestly, no. Um, I, I believe that all of his jewelry was returned from what I I gathered from my sister-in-law. I don't believe anything was missing. I think what what was the kicker to this relationship is my nephew was not a chronic drug user. He has smoked pot, but he was not into needles and crack and heroin and all that stuff. And her friends that came over on a daily basis because this girl did not work 
This is what they do all day long. So when my nephew would leave for work, he worked night shifts and she would have these guys over. But I believe when he had this dental work, this was the breaker because he took off a week and um, these guys were still continuing to come over. So I do believe he probably tried to put his foot down to say this is enough because we have a lot of texts back and forth between him and my cousin discussing this very thing that he had had enough of it and that these guys were coming over wanting to you know have sex with her right in front of him and he was like he was not all for that that was not his thing okay so it seems like maybe somebody had shown up there or something had occurred um it from from what we know it sounds like that's probably what happened some somebody right. showed up there that was not welcome by him exactly that's that's what i'm thinking he had told her repeatedly stop having these guys over right okay so that's that's a pretty good theory um i think that's definitely you know worth looking into so what are you being told currently by like the jurisdictional agency which is from what i understand uh pemiscott um county sheriff's office they currently will not talk to me gotcha okay tracy did you want to say something two things one is there was some other way that the drugs were coming into the house. Even if she was having sex with these men, they were bringing the drugs. Is that correct? I believe so. I'm, I, this is, okay. I'm not in that world. So this is all new to me. Right. And I'm just learning about all this. So I don't know where the drugs are coming from. I just know that they're all getting it from somewhere. Right. Okay. Now, the other thing is um, they seem to be there pretty much all day, except for the day that he went missing. Do I have that correct? Well, one guy is saying he was there the day he went missing, but he wasn't there when he went missing. Okay. So... So see, I'm trying to establish the fact that, okay, here is a continual pattern. However, on this particular day, all of a sudden the pattern changes. And it's kind of a, a, a weird thing that all of a sudden this pattern would change on this particular day. So I just wondered what the pattern was. Yeah, so that would be something that would probably need to be established through the investigation, you know, through talking to neighbors or talking to witnesses. And as you said, she lives in a pretty remote place, so I'm not sure that there would be a whole lot of neighbors to either confirm or deny uh, the activity at the house on, you know, any given day. Um, But that is definitely, that's a really good point, Tracy. I mean, that's definitely something that would be significant to look at. Yeah, she does live out, like I said, and she lives in a population of like 70 people. So it's where she lives. She has one old neighbor on the end of her gravel road. And then, you know, it's like, that's it. Nobody has cameras down there but her. I will, I will say this. She has cameras on her house, but they quit working the day my nephew went missing because she said she. Oh, isn't that convenient? I love it. She said that she had to unplug it for a hot spot that day. 
is there anything else that you want to talk about? Maybe about um, if, if there's any, you know, evidence or things that were noted inside the home. Was there a sign of struggle? You know, anything like that? There definitely was a sign of struggle. I went to her house on that weekend, that Friday, that right after this happened. And when I walked in, the refrigerator looks like somebody had bumped into it really, really hard and knocked all the insides out, like the compartments on the door. They were all lying on the floor with all the contents. Um, there was just stuff everywhere in the kitchen. And the cop said the table was actually knocked over. It was upside. It was right side up when I got in the door, but apparently the table was knocked over. Um, there was stuff all on the floor. She had a brand new bottle of bleach on the stove um, and a roll of gray duct tape sitting on the table. I took pictures of all this because I was in shock of what I was looking at that was not taken into custody. Um, so it looked like a crime scene. It looked like a crime scene. Absolutely. And from what I've been told, the first officer that came in totally thought the same thing and called for backup. And so, but the house was never roped off. She was not made to get out. It was not called a crime scene. It was called a missing person with suspicious disappearance. Um, yeah, I couldn't believe that the house was not roped off. But there was apparently blood in the floor. They took samples of it. Um, blood on her sheets. How do we know he'd been missing for 36 hours? We're only going by her words. That's what I'm saying. He could have actually. Okay. So it could have been a matter of hours right. that he'd been missing. Right. Okay. That's what my, that's where I'm going. I, I don't think he'd been gone for 36 hours. I actually think he was gone longer I'm... because he talked to his mom all the time. He talked to both parents his mom lived right down the road and they talked all the time. And the last time she talked to him, I, I believe it was um, Tuesday night at seven o'clock. And I believe this happened Tuesday after that. Okay. So what, what, what is the actual numeric day that he talked to his mom last? Tuesday at seven o'clock. And that would be the second, um, Yes. Okay. Second. So it would have been in the morning. Yes. Yeah, somewhere. She took a picture of them too up in the morning. I want to say it was like, I can't remember the picture date, but it was up in the morning looking at him with like a death stare. And she posted that on Tuesday night and Wednesday morning. And this is the girlfriend that posted that? Yes. Mm-hmm. And the mom has the last record around 7 a.m. of Tuesday morning. Tuesday evening. Oh, the mother does of Tuesday evening. Yes. Okay. Yes, Tuesday evening. And then he was reported by the girlfriend on the, what day? On Thursday. Okay, Thursday. She reported, she re, yeah, she reported him missing on Thursday, but he, she said he went missing on Wednesday, two hours before dark. Okay. So, so the last time he spoke to his mother was 7 a.m. 
on Tuesday. 7 p.m. P- oh, sorry. PM on sorry. Tuesday. Right, 7 okay. p.m. on Tuesday. So it's more like 48 than 36. Yes, yes. I'm thinking it happened somewhere Tuesday night because they're all night owls. They all, they're like opposite of the rest of the world. They stay up late, sleep during the day. So I believe it happened at night or up into the morning. Which brings me back to that pattern. If if these people come over, they more than likely come over during the evening hours. They're not there like, oh, it's breakfast time. They're there more at, right later. So for them not to have been there during that time is odd. That's correct. Okay. Okay. We've definitely established that there's something very off about the story that's been relayed to the um, the officials, the law enforcement officials from the girlfriend. And um, it seems like there has to be more to that story. So, you know, with that being said, you know, if anyone has information on the whereabouts of Mark Fullerton, you need to contact the Pemiscott County Sheriff's Office at 573-333-4101. If you'd like more information or if you'd like to speak with one of our team members, you can reach us through the HMC Investigations Facebook page. We'll be sure to forward your information to the proper authorities. Okay, so this concludes our episode tonight. So till next time, keep fighting for justice and Again, Jana, thank you for joining us. I really appreciate it. Welcome. See you guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.